Welcome back to the Tennessee Star Report with your host, Michael Patrick Lee. 5.33 a.m. We are broadcasting live from our studios on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. It is a delight and a pleasure to welcome to our newsmaker line right now our very good friend Richard Archie, who's a director with the Tennessee Firearms Association. Good morning, Richard. How are you doing today, Michael? Well, Richard, it's uh, we've known each other for many, many years, and uh, you're based in uh, West Tennessee. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, I, I live over in Bell, Tennessee. Bell, Tennessee. What's the population of Bell, Tennessee, Richard? Uh, Bell's has probably got about 4,000 people in it. Uh, right. Actually, like everything else that the government does, I live in Madison County and Bell's is in Crockett County. And so I have four different government agencies that provide stuff. I get my water from one county. I get my electric from another. My <laughs> mail's delivered out of Bell's, but I live in Madison County. It's uh, <laughs> the same mess that government does everywhere. <laughs> Well, Madison County is is uh, fixing to grow a lot with this uh, taxpayer-subsidized Blue Oval uh, out uh, just right in your neck of the woods, right? Well, actually, no, it's over in Brownsville, but we're hoping that the effluent from that stuff will move over here and our property values will go up. That's what everybody's hoping for. And, and possibly you wind up with some ancillary businesses that will be constructed or brought in to help supply uh, the board plant over in Brownsville. So, I mean, that's in a totally different county. But How, how far away is it from How far away is it from where you live? Uh, 55 miles. 55, okay. So, yeah, it's quite a distance. A lot yeah. further but, away than you know, Money talks, and so that's the whole hope of it. Every person over here that's got a piece of property has got a sign up saying, welcome, Blue Oval. Uh -huh. <laughs> Hoping that what they'll do is because Jackson and Madison County has a lot more stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, that what will happen is the uh, folks with lots of money will move over here and then they'll drive over to Haywood County and uh, work during the day and then come back over here. So, you know, it's it's a gamble. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Now, you have been uh, an officer with the Tennessee Firearms Association for I, how long? Like 20 years? How long have you been involved? Yeah. I've been with the Tennessee Firearms Association for 22 years, actually. I, I, I was, became a director 20 years ago. I was pretty close. Um, I was pretty close. Yeah. So uh, uh, you work very closely with John Harris, the founder of Tennessee Firearms Association. I do. John and I speak probably two, three times a day, every day. Mm -hmm. um, it is. What people have to understand about the Tennessee Farms Association is we're not like some of the national organizations that are out here looking for money, mm -hmm. for salaries, because John and I are both volunteers. Neither right. one of us draw a dime from the organization as far as salary is concerned. Uh, I drive to Nashville two times. I made this statement the other day to one of the highway patrolmen that was up there to show solidarity with the commissioner in a committee meeting, and I said, you know, I wonder what it costs me to pay for y'all to drive in here today. <laughs> I have to pay for myself to come. It costs me roughly $60 for every trip that I make to the General Assembly and gas and Uber costs and parking and things like that. And not only do I have to pay for mine, but I have to pay for theirs. And what they're doing under the auspices of the administration is seeking to deny my constitutional rights. So I've got to pay for my 
ability to go up there and advocate for them, and I've got to pay for theirs to come in and advocate against them. I will say this, though, Richard, even though you're you're carrying your own bill on this, um, you and John and Tennessee Firearms Association have a long history uh, of uh, protecting the Second Amendment in the Tennessee General Assembly. And uh, I think right now the argument is that the, the current law in the state of Tennessee as you know, passed by the Tennessee General Assembly and as uh, signed by the governor does not protect the constitutional rights granted to uh, Tennesseans under the Tennessee Constitution and the uh, U.S. Constitution with regards to uh, uh, firearms. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that. Well, it, it's, it's real simple, but the Bruin case, and everybody wants to throw the Bruin case out. Yesterday, we had uh, the head of the TBI come in. Uh, the Tennessee, is, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. And the Bruin case yes. was a Supreme Court case, which That's basically correct. said the state of New York did not have the right uh, uh, to put in a whole series of, of laws that prohibited the free exercise of the Second Amendment by residents of the state of New York, uh, which they said that you couldn't get a gun unless you had a whole bunch of uh, testing and approvals that you got from various levels of government. The U.S. Supreme Court threw that out. That's the Bruin case. Correct. And, and it does a number of things. It says, and they tried to parse this yesterday as going, hey, it was just about handguns. That's all, but it was a that's not what the Bruin case was about at all. It decided a narrow scope in that case from New York. But what it said was that you have to go back and use text and history on every issue of the Second Amendment. And that is the only thing that you can use for scrutiny. And what we've seen past that is all these lower courts have already started ruling because of what Bruin has said in that. Uh, we just had one that was decided in February of this year in Oklahoma, the, and here's what the lower court said. No longer should lower courts evaluate firearms restrictions deferring to the determinations of legislators because while that judicial deference to legislative interest balancing is understanding and elsewhere appropriate, it is not the deference that the Constitution demands. And while ends justifies the mean rationalization should generally be understood as antithetical to the rule of law, Bruin now leaves no doubt that such rationalizations have no place in our Second Amendment jurisprudence. What is it so, that you that the Tennessee Firearms Association wants to change about current Tennessee law? There, there are three things that I think are most necessary. We have what some call constitutional carry in Tennessee, but that's not true. If you go back and look at the history of Tennessee, you, we're the what? The volunteers? You wouldn't have a republic in Tennessee today if it were not for the over-mountain men who picked up their personal rifles and walked across the Alleghenies and went over and shot Ferguson and his Tories at Kings Mountain. I mean, George Washington said that we wouldn't have a republic if it weren't for a wild bunch from over here where Tennessee is now of their own volition with their own personal long guns. At their own expense. The plate. <laughs> yeah, at their own expense, that's correct. <laughs> I mean, they met at the shoals and walked over, went all the way over there and fought the British to ensure liberty and freedom, and we wouldn't have a republic if it wasn't for that. And then 
you turn around in 1814 and you look at what where we got our name, the volunteers, everybody tries to say that you got it at the War of Independence for Texas. That They don't understand the history. That's not where it came from. It came from the fact that Willie Brown, who was the governor of Tennessee, stood up on the steps and called for 2,500 volunteers to go with Colonel Jackson down into Alabama to fight the Red Sticks. 5,000 showed up of their own volition, with their own arms, with their own horses, their own food, their own guns, bullets, and everything. And they went down and defeated the Red Sticks at the Horseshoe Bend and then turned around and marched all the way across from Alabama and part of Florida, by the way, all the way to New Orleans to face the finest army in the world brought over here who had just defeated Napoleon and Coffee and Carroll, the two heroes of that, with 5,000 volunteers from Tennessee, defeated the best that the British had when they came in and tried to retake us over another time. And again, it was all volunteers from Tennessee with their personal weapons. So if you're looking at text and history, there was never a prescription in Tennessee at any time that said that a individual who wasn't a criminal could not carry his rifle anywhere he wanted to go. And what we're having now is every department of Tennessee sent over by the governor is trying to say that the only right you've got to carry a firearm is for a handgun and not a long gun. And that's incorrect, and it is not consistent with the Constitution of Tennessee or of the United States. We have to remember that in 2010, the Supreme Court of the United States incorporated the Second Amendment against the states. Now, we had Director Rouse yesterday saying, hey, this is what happens. Every state can take care of the Second Amendment any way they want to. That's incorrect because he has been constrained by the Supreme Court of the United States to say that the Second Amendment is incorporated against the states through the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. Now, we just I'm sure you've heard of the um, federal district court case in Tennessee where Firearms Policy Coalition sued the state mm-hmm. and said that it's unconstitutional for the state of Tennessee to try to keep 18-year-old people from being able to carry handguns. And this is, was narrowly scoped. It was. But they were looking at that very thing because they were trying to get 18-year-old people the ability to get a handgun carry permit. Our new attorney general ruled that the challenge scheme of Tennessee was an infraction against federal civil rights in Tennessee under the Second and the 14th Amendment. That's a very important construct there because what he's saying is it's a civil right for any person in the state of Tennessee who is over the age of 18 and is not adjudicated a criminal or mentally defective can carry a handgun. Now, if in fact that's the case, that's just one part of the Second Amendment because if you're talking about weapons, it doesn't just relate itself to handguns only. We have to go back to the original construct of our Constitution, and it was absolutely necessary that people had rifles. Tennessee is known for its riflemen. Yes, and its volunteers. Richard Archie, you have uh, made the case quite well. Will you come back again? Uh, Come in studio sometime, and let's talk a little bit more. We'll do it. All right, Richard Archie, director of the Tennessee Firearms Association. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll have more when we get back. There.